Alright, Talmidim, the Rebbe said, now that we've chazed over the entire Parsha Shemos, as we go through the Chazara of different Parshas that you already have learned in previous years, now I'm going to give you a three minute break. If you need to get up, stretch, get a drink, that's great. And when I call your attention, I expect everyone to focus on me again. And so, everyone in the class got out of their seats and began to schmooze, to walk around, to stretch. Some boys went out to get a drink from the water fountain. And three minutes really stretched into about ten. And the Rebbe called the attention of the boys. Rabbi Sai, it's time now to get back to your seats, please. So we can continue as I wanted to share with you, a really, really beautiful Gemara. Uh, Rabbi Sai, most boys listened to the Rebbe, and right away they began to quiet down, reset themselves, face the front, have their desk cleared as they were supposed to, with a pen on their desk, and give their attention to the Rebbe. Nasan, thank you. Yerachmiel, Good. Shmuel. Shmuel. And finally, almost everyone in the class was focused. Except for one boy. Sammy, the Rebbe called, as he looked at Sammy's head, the back of his head, as Sammy was facing the other direction, and schmoozing, or I should say, saying a single speech to the person behind him. Sammy... The Rebbe called yet again. Sammy! The Rebbe called a third time. Still, Sammy did not stop talking. And he did not turn around. And so the Rebbe walked over to Sammy's desk. And standing right in front of Sammy's desk said, Sammy! And Sammy turned to face the Rebbe. And he had a beaming smile on his face. And he said, Rebbe, I love you too. Of course, the entire class cracked up. And the Rebbe was bewildered. What are you talking about, Sammy? Well, Rebbe, Rebbe called my name four times. We just learned in Parsha Shemos that when Hashem called Moshe Rabbeinu by the Sineh, and Hashem said, Moshe, 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 Moshe. Rebbe taught us that the reason why Hashem repeated Moshe's name twice is because Hashem loved Moshe. And he said his name twice to show that love. Like he cherished and treasured, those were the Rebbe's words, the the, the Moshe Rabbeinu's name. And now Rebbe called my name four times. That shows Rebbe loves me maybe maybe even more than the Rebbeinish Shalom loved Moshe Rabbeinu. Um... I don't think that Moshe Rabbeinu was ignoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu the first time. Like you were. Oh, <laughs> it was... I, I just... I, I know how much Rebbe loves me, and, and I wanted to hear Rebbe express his love. I, I really thank Rebbe very much. <sighs> Sammy. Yashir I, I appreciate it. I do love you very much. But, um... Please, don't go home tonight. And, and try this on your parents. Oh, try what? Don't go home tonight and wait till your mother calls you a few times and then answer her. Why not? 
Because I know what's going to happen. Rebbe, Rebbe's a Navi? I'm not a Navi. I'm a, I'm a man who can see things that are, have a pattern. You're going to go home. Your mother's going to call your name. She's going to go, Sammy, please clean up the table. And you're going to just like pretend you didn't hear her. And then she's going to say again, Sammy. And you're going to say, oh, Ima, thank you for calling me twice. It shows you love me. And, and then your mother's going to say, you know, it's not Derek Harris to make me call you twice. And, and I don't like this, this joke that you made. And you're going to say, well, my Rebbe taught us in Chumash that Maisha Maisha means love. And so therefore I, I, I don't want that to happen. Because then your mother's going to call me on the phone and I'm going to have to speak to her and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to have to figure out if it's the wrong thing to say that I didn't really mean that. And, and, but now actually, actually, all right, Rebbe, don't worry, don't worry. I won't make my mother call me Sammy, and not your father either. Okay, okay, Rebbe, I won't make my father call me Sammy twice either. And and please, even Chaim and Ellie, don't make them. Okay, Rebbe, okay. Because Rebbe asked, and Rebbe loves me, and I love Rebbe, so fine. Ah, excellent. Geschmack. I'm so excited. And so, Sammy now, with his attention on the Rebbe, turned around and faced the front. The Rebbe walked back to the front of the classroom. The Rebbe straightened his tie, brushed his beard, took a little drink of his coffee to calm down after that difficult situation. <sighs> he thought in his mind, I, I really do like Sammy a lot. He is such a nice boy, and he tries so hard to do what's right. But sometimes, I sometimes, I Sammy, I Sammy. Oops. Rebbe didn't realize he said that aloud. And Sammy's face was beaming wide to hear the Rebbe call his name twice again. And he whispered to his Rebbe, Thank you, Rebbe, thank you. <clears throat> okay, Rebbe, the Rebbe said, clearing his throat and starting again, making this an official start. I wanted to share with you an amazing Gemara in Sanhedrin. Daft Sadiq Aleph, Ambud Aleph. You know, we learned in Chumash, in Parsha Shemais, about the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu that each person, each person in Mitzrayim was supposed to go to the neighbor and the Torah is to borrow. We, we translate it as to ask, but it all really means to she'ela, to borrow gold and silver vessels and, and take things out of Mitzrayim and, and go with them out of Mitzrayim. And later on we find that the Torah tells us when they left, when they left Taka, they took it out. They took all the gold, all the silver, and the Pasuk says that they, that they left Mitzrayim. They left Mitzrayim without anything. They took all the valuables out of Mitzrayim. The booty of Mitzrayim, the shalala of Mitzrayim was incredible. That's what Torah tells us. You know, there used to be a king. Uh, I don't know if called a king or an emperor. Many, many, many years ago. Actually, before leading up to the story of Hanukkah. And his name was Alexander the Great. Yes, Yerachmiel? Rabbi Alexander the Grape? Like, like, why, why, was he big and purple? Like, why do they call him the Grape? That's a funny name for, for, for a man to be called a Grape. <laughs> no, the Grape. G-R-E-A-T. Oh, oh, you mean like the cheese grate? Like he bothered people? He grated on their nerves? And, you know, if I, if I didn't know any better, I would think you're, you're reading Sammy's book. Sammy's Safer. My Safer Rebbe? Yeah, yeah, you're safe. Remember we talked about it before? Oh, yeah, my safe Divrei Yeah, Rebbe, I remember my Divrei Shtos. Yeah, Taka. Uh, he, he's, he's reading my safer, but I didn't write it yet. <laughs> I know, Sammy. That's a big nace, right? Yerachmiel, 
great does not have anything to do with great as in hurting people. Great means big and large. Oh, you mean Alexander was like Aymel Khabashin's brother? So that's why he's called Alexander the Great? It was Aymel Khabashin, Alexander the Great. No, great here means powerful. Alexander the Great was a man who by the time he died, at the age of 33, Rebbe, yes, Sammy, he died at 33. That's very young. That's true. But in the olden days, it wasn't always so young. Really? In the olden days, 33 was older than 33 today? How does that work, Rebbe? <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure myself, but that's what they say. The point is, though, that at the age of 33, he had conquered almost all the known parts of the world. The, like, basic civilization of the times he was in charge of. Alexander the Great, who was from Macedonia, but he came under the guise, he came like, he, he like... <laughs> I don't know what exactly explain it, but he was like, he was like working for Yavan, working for the Greeks. And he, when he came, he met with Shimon HaTzadik, the King Godal, in the base of Mikdash at the time, and he actually bowed to Shimon HaTzadik. Yes, Sammy? I don't understand, Rebbe. Uh, Alexander the Great bowed to the King Godal? That's exactly what Alexander the Great's soldiers said to him. They said, His Majesty, his Royal Highness, why are you bowing to this Jew? And Alexander explained. Because you see, this Jew, this incredible Kohen Gadol, he's in my dreams. And he appears before me when I go to war. And he leads me to victory. And therefore I honor and respect him. Yes, Avramel? Isn't, isn't Alexander a Jewish name? How did a Gaish, a Gaish king or a Gaish emperor get a Jewish name? I mean, that's kind of like funny. Actually, good question. He actually, actually, Alexander's not a Jewish name. It's not? No, it's not. Alexander is a Gaish name. Uh-oh. What's the problem of Ramel? My brother's name is Alexander. Sammy? So that means that Avramel's brother is a Gaisha kid. Don't say such things. Oh, fine. He's a, he's a, he's a Gaisha name. <clears throat> yes, Avramel. Didn't Rebbe want to teach, you, teach us a, a, a quote? What's the quote? Mum shebecha al Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that quote. And, and Rebbe explained that the quote means like in the English they have a quote also. People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yes. Yes, Yerachmiel. Rebbe. Yes, Yerachmiel. I, I forgot what that means. What, what does it mean people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> it means very simply that, um, let's say you live in a glass house. If you throw stones at other people, what might they do? They're gonna throw stones back, right? Well, if they throw stones back at your house, it's gonna break your house all apart. So, you don't wanna start hurtling things at people and finding out that they're going to do the same back to you, right? And that's kind of like mum If you have a blemish, don't say it to somebody else because because they'll they'll throw it back at you. And, and yes, Avramo. And didn't Rebbe also say, um, mumai? Oh, you're right. You're right. That a person that a person only makes someone else disqualified with his own blemish. When a person says something negative about somebody else, typically they're really saying something negative about themselves. Okay, but anyway, moving on. So right, right, right. So so I don't understand what in the world of Ramadan has anything to do with. Well, because Sammy just called my brother. Uh, 
that he has a Gaisha name. <laughs> but, Sammy, look around the classroom here. You have Nassim, you have Nisanel, you have Shemar Yahu, you have Shmuel, you have Yerachmiel, you have Yikusiel, you have Avramo, and, and then you have a boy, and what's his name? Sammy. Mmm. Let's think about Gaisha uh, Avramo. We're not here to insult people. You know what? We're trying to be, be this service. Sammy is not a Gaisha name. Neither is Alexander. You're right. And let me explain why. Avramo, you listen. Sammy, you listen. And stop fighting with each other. I want you to hear this incredible thing that Klaliusol did. Because Klaliusol is so holy and so special. You see, Alexander the Great, wherever he went, he wanted people to remember him. Because that was who he was, a great emperor. And that's what great emperors do. And so he wanted people to put up statues of him. And even in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, he wanted people, he wanted statues of himself all around Yerushalayim. Obviously, the Yidin did not want statues of a person, even if it wasn't Mamish Avodizara, around Yerushalayim and around Eretz Yisrael. And so the Chachamim of the time came to Alexander and they asked if they maybe could do something else to create a lasting memory for Alexander the Great. And instead of Alexander the Great having statues which are just made of stone or made of marble or metal or wood or whatever else they'd be made of. And they'd be there in the streets and they'd be non-moving statues. Instead, the Chacham suggested, we'll name the boys born this year Alexander. And that will serve as a lasting memory for you, His Majesty, that the children of the Jewish people will have your name. Yes, Yerachmiel. Wow! That's incredible! What's incredible? Can you imagine... If somebody's name is Alexander the Great, uh, Avramo, is your brother's name Alexander and his middle name is the Great? Avram, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. No, no. It's it's Alexander's the name. His the the idea of the Great is is a way to describe him. It's not really part of his name. But anyway, yes, yeah, yeah, Sammy, Rebbe, can Rebbe imagine being the Rebbe of that class? I mean, Rabbi would have to call somebody to read the Gemara, and Rabbi would say something like, Okay, let's go on. Whose turn is it to read? Alexander, read the Gemara. And Tony Alexander would start reading the Gemara. That's pretty funny. Actually, it would be also hard to get people in trouble, because, because the Rabbi would say, Alexander, pay attention. And all the Alexanders would start paying attention, or, or one of the Alexanders would maybe cause trouble, and, and the Rabbi would say, uh, who, who just caused trouble? And everyone in the class would just say it together, Alexander, and one of you even be Lashnara, because it's very funny, right, Rabbi? That, that is cute. That's a cute idea, Sammy. All right. Anyway, let, let's move on. All right. So anyway, the point is, that was the Hakaras I tell you, Klal had for like, the, for Alexander the Great, for his, for his kindness to the Jewish people, which he was. And, and at the same time, it was a way of keeping away from, from something not so gishmak. And, and Lemais, in the end of the day, awesome. Alexander the Great, Klal named him. It was, it was an awesome situation. But anyway, but here's the story. Alexander the Great was an incredibly wise man. 
and Alexander the Great sat as a judge in many court cases that people from different nations came and they presented their problems and he would judge the case. Well, one time, a group of Mitzrayim came to Alexander the Great. And the group of Mitzrayim said to Alexander the Great, The Jewish people owe us a tremendous amount of money. Oh, really? Alexander asked. And why is that? Well, because the Jewish people, when they left Mitzrayim, they borrowed, they took our silver vessels, our gold vessels, and the extra clothing, and they took all this booty, and this shalol, and they left Mitzrayim, and they never gave it back. And it's ours, and we deserve it back. We want you, Alexander the Great, to demand the Jewish people pay us back for all the things that they took. Hmm. So, Alexander heard their argument, and Alexander the Great sent a message to the rabbis. Please come to my court to defend yourself against this claim, against this tevia. Now, there was a Yid. His name was Gisi ben Psisa. I think that was his name. If I made a mistake, I apologize. But I don't have a Gemara right here in Sanhedrin in front of me. And this fellow was not a Talmud Chacham. He was not an expert scholar. He was a Yid. And he said to the Chachamim, who were debating what to do, they weren't sure, they were clearing here and here what to do, what to say, how to get out of the trouble. And he said, let me go. Let me address the situation. Let's see if I can come up with a creative solution. And it's better if I go. Because if I lose, then everyone will say that the reason why the Jews lost was because the person who represented them was just a plain person, a plain Yid. He wasn't a Torah scholar. And that's why. And that's why the Jews lost. And if I win... Then they'll say, wow, how smart are the Jews, how incredibly awesome are they, that even a simple man was able to outwit these Egyptians from their claim. And the Chachamim agreed. And so this man, he went to Alexander the Great. And Alexander had the Mitzrayim join him in the judgment room. And together, Jews with the Egyptians, they stood before Alexander. And Alexander had the Egyptians repeat their claim. And they did. And this fellow, the simple Yid, he said, so how do you know that we took your stuff? Well, how do we know? Because it says so in your Chumash. It says so in your Torah. Aha, aha. Oh, okay, fine. Good, good. That's good to know. So, I have a question. It also says in that same Torah that the Jewish people worked for the Egyptians for 430 years. Now, <clears throat> let me get out my calculator. Yes, Sammy? Rabbi, did, they didn't have calculators back then. You're right. I, I was just exaggerating. Could I, could I do that? Sure, Rabbi. It sounds fine. Okay, they took, he took out his calculator and he said, okay, yeah, 430 years. Now, um, I happen to know from the same source, the man said, that there were six hundred thousand Jews at least who were working in Egypt. Okay. So let's see. You have 
600,000 Jews working for 430 years. So, so let's pretend for a moment, even though this is not really accurate, but let's pretend that one Jew worked for 12 hours a day. So that means that we take one, 12 hours a day, times um, six days a week, because they didn't work on Shabbos, right, because of Moshe Arenu, and that is um, 72 hours. And 72 hours, let's say times... Uh, probably it was a $10 hour cost uh, fee. That was the minimum wage back then, I imagine. And that's $720. Mm-hmm. That's one Jew. And we multiply that by 355 days a week. I mean, let's do uh, three days. What did I say? Uh, oh, sorry. Let's multiply that by the, the, by the years and <clears throat> and by, multiply that by 600,000 and multiply that by uh, 430. And, <clears throat> so it comes out according to my calculation, the man said to the Egyptians and to Alexander the Great, that we worked in Mitzrayim, our Families worked in Mitzrayim, and we deserve compensation. Yes, you see, a Rebbe. What's compensation? I know a compot is. My mother serves that on Yomta for dessert. But what's compensation? <laughs> no, compensation means like payment. Like to be paid for what you do. Okay? So, um, we deserve compensation, the man said to Alexander, for 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 the 430 years, 600,000 people, and according to my calculation, it comes out to approximately $9,500,000,000. The Egyptians swallowed. So, the man continued, if the Egyptians pay us the $9,500,000,000 that they owe the Jewish people, we will return the various vassals of silver and gold and clothing that we um <clears throat> that um we have taken out of Mitzrayim. Alexander the Great probably stroked his beard. Yes, Sammy. Rabbi, did he really have a beard? <laughs> no, I was just saying for fun, but I, I doubt he had a beard. Okay, but anyway, so Alexander the Great thought about it for a second and then he turned to the Egyptians and he said to the Egyptians, You know that these Jews have a very good thought, a very good claim. Um, what's your response to this? And the Egyptians said, eh, could we have um, three days to think about it? <laughs> and they went away. And they never came back to Alexander the Great. They just dropped the charges against the Jews. They realized that they were beaten. Sammy, wow, Rabbi, that's incredible. What, the story? You like the story? Tell your schmack, No. No, nine trillion dollars. That's a lot of money. I mean, I mean, is that really how much? Well, actually, I, I, I made up the number based on some calculations I did. But the, but the point is, right? The point is that this man was so wise and he was a simple yet. Can you imagine what the Chachamim would be able to think of? That's the story that I really wanted to share with you. Okay, Rabbi Sai, it's now time to start Navi. All right? Please take out your Navim. And we're going to open the Navi up to say for Shmuel and learn some Geshmaka Musser from the Sefer Shmuel.